Listen, all you New Yorkers. This is the 77 WABC minicast. With us today is Kathy Wilde. Kathy is the president and CEO of the New York City Partnership, one of the most powerful organizations in New York City representing hundreds of the most powerful corporations and companies in in New York. Well, Kathy Wilde, things getting better in New York or give us give all New Yorkers an update. Absolutely, things are getting better in New York. We are the second largest urban economy in the world, second only to Tokyo, and we have made a great recovery from the impact of the pandemic on many fronts, including creating many more jobs. So the business community is hard at work supporting the city and its growth, paying their taxes, and things are going well. We've also seen a real positive movement in the trend of coming back to the office. The numbers are slow moving up, but probably we're 72% of where we were pre-pandemic in terms of the number of people who are in the office every day. So that's a positive as well. I understand the tax money coming in is better than they expected. And tell us about the budget in the state, the budget in the city, and how the money is being spent. Are you comfortable Is your uh, people comfortable? So the budget in the city, unfortunately, in the last decade or so, at both the city and state, the tendency among many of the politicians has been that more government spending is the solution to every problem. And we're going to reach the end of that game. We haven't got it yet. I mean, right now, uh, our budgets that the governor and the mayor have put out are balanced because we've still got strong revenues. As I said, the economy is strong, jobs are being created, so the revenues are coming in. But as long as spending keeps going up on the part of city and state government, there's an end in sight. The tax base will not expand infinitely to support that. In the last decade, mostly under Mayor de Blasio, city spending went up 52%. Taxes cannot keep up with that. I've seen that. I remember uh, uh, when I ran for for mayor in uh, 2013, the budget was like in the high 40s, and all of a sudden it's over 100. Well over 100. Yes, indeed. And and it's still not satisfying everyone. There are still big holes in the budget. There are proposals that the city government should somehow make up the rent payments for anybody who can't pay their rent, which the mayor's office estimates that'll cost $17 billion over the next few years. And they're telling the city council, no, we can't afford that. And there's a, and the city council overrode the mayor's veto and passed it anyhow. They're now in court. So these are the kind of things that are going on. And so while today we have a balanced budget because the mayor has worked hard to hold the line on spending. If we aren't careful, we're going to end up in the same kind of hole that we had in the 1970s. And then the city will have no resources to do anything. I had Kathy Hochul on my Sunday radio show a couple weeks ago, and we learned that she moved to the Upper East Side, uh, I guess maybe during the week or something. Uh, And I said, I'm glad to hear it because then she gets first view uh, about how people feel walking around the city at night. Uh, what do you think? I mean, uh, what I said is 
People are scared to work the midnight. You know, our stores used to be open at midnight, and people uh, are scared to walk around at night after dark uh, to go to restaurants. You give me your, your thoughts. Well, I'm not scared to walk around the city. I'm comfortable doing it, but I understand the problem. And certainly the violent incidents on the subways are really, really a big concern. Now, they're now installing cameras. They've been able to catch people quickly because they've got cameras even in the subway cars, and that's a big improvement. And Governor Hochul has been very supportive of providing more resources to the city for police in the subways and for uh, trying to get the laws amended so that we make sure that people who are really dangerous and bad actors are either in mental hospitals or in, in jail. The other thing is there's been talk that a lot of people have been moving. Uh, the number was like 525,000 over since 2019. Uh, you think that's yes. slowing up or you, or you think it's going to reverse itself? Can we get people back? Well, we're going to see the latest numbers in March for last year. But between 2020 and 2022, yes, we had more than half a million people move out of the city. We had like 70,000 move in and, and, and we had some births. So the net loss in population was about 468,000. That's a lot of people to lose because we need, we need to continue to attract talent to this city. So that's a, a concerning thing, and it's happening in two ways. One, people who can't afford to be in the city anymore. Uh, the average rent in the city is $3,400 a month now for an apartment. And who can afford that, especially young people, the young talent we're trying to get here? Who can afford $3,400 a month? It's tough. The other people who are moving out are our big taxpayers. We've had four times the number of high earners millionaire plus move out of the city and the folks who earn over a million dollars are responsible for 42 percent of our income tax payments so we've got to stop that hemorrhage of people both on the low end who can't afford to live here and on the high end who, want, who don't want to carry the highest tax burden in the country which is what new york city is today well the other big item is when people hit 75 i didn't want, i don't even want to say i'm hitting it but when people hit 75, a place like Florida doesn't have a... Uh, state tax. A, you're you're going to go to a state tax, right? A state tax, yes. Exactly. No, that's a, that is a big issue. And we want rich people to stay here to support our museums and our hospitals and our other forms of philanthropy to pay taxes here. We have right now... The numbers from 2022 are that half the people who make more than a million dollars that earn their living in New York are actually non-residents. So they're paying on their earned income, that they, the paycheck they get from New York, but all their other wealth, we're not taxing because they live in another state. We got to do something about that. You mean if, if somebody moves 181 days, 183 days, whatever the number is, to Florida, then I guess it doesn't we help. We lose. We lose much any, of their taxing ability. Yes. Any update on congestion pricing and any update on the MTA raising fares? So far as I know, there's no immediate plan to raise fares. That's, there's, an, there's this long-term program where fares are gradually raised over time that the MTA adopted, but they just went up 
a bit, and uh, that will continue. But I don't think we're going to see an, any un, any surprises on the fare box side, which is important for the affordability of our city. On the congestion pricing, the MTA is having final hearings over the next couple days next week. And after those hearings, the MTA board will be voting on a plan that has one charge a day that during during the Daytime hours, cars that come into the city will have a total of $15. Hopefully, that is going to both reduce traffic substantially and get more people onto mass transit. And the proceeds are going to be used to improve, exclusively used to improve our transportation services. So this is, yes, it's another tax, but right now the people who drive into the city are only carrying about 13% of the revenues going to pay the cost of the transportation system. And they're, by and large, the people that are in best position to support it. Most of the costs are paid by fare payers and by business through the payroll tax. So we're all contributing. And this way, the drivers who drive into the city will be contributing their fair share, assuming the MTA is able to act on this and that the congestion pricing gets through the lawsuits that have been filed, which I think it will because this has been many years in the process. There have been lots of federal approvals we had to go to. So we don't think there's a legal basis to contest congestion pricing. Nobody likes it before it happens, but if you can quickly move around the city after it's in place and if you can save on overtime of, for deliveries, et cetera, I think people will, be, will, will turn around and say, why didn't we do this a long time ago? Kathy Wild, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the update, and we'll catch up with you again uh, real soon. Thank you, John. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.